Welcome to Beautiful Subconscious. I am your host, Shell Marie. I don't know if you can hear this rain and wind in and around me. I'm in Perth and it is a bit of a random wintry day for spring, but that's okay. My amazing team you might have even taken care of it that you might not even hear it, but I can hear it. And if you can, that is what it is. So today's episode, I'm going to be sharing how kinesiology has helped me in several areas of my life. It is going to be a bit more vulnerable for me today. So buckle on in and I would love to hear your feedback in what you took from it and hopefully provides at least a space of relatability or awareness that whatever it is that you're experiencing or might be transitioning through, there are ways that you can allow it to be released in the most self-harmonizing way. So kinesiology came into my world once, 2016, and it's been a part of my life ever since. Prior to that, I was deeply into yoga, again, still am, and that what came into my world around 2010. It was Bikram yoga, so not, I guess, inverted commas, the traditional yoga. There was more of a modernization to it, and, and that just was, that wasn't, still is my personality. So I didn't expect yoga would be, I guess, my thing because my personality and energy is quite vibrant. It's quite energetic. It's, and so typically the calm, <laughs> the calm, you know, Zen feel isn't what I was known for. Having said that though, people do compliment me all the time on being calm and Zen, but in a vibrant way, which to me is exactly without even like wanting, like trying, that is exactly the epitome of who I want to be. I want to still be vibrant and have this zest for life, but still hold it in a, in a space that is calm and centered as best as I know how. how. Am I emotional? For sure. <laughs> Do I, oh uh, God, you know, the human, the humanness is still well and truly there. Do not get me wrong. However, kinesiology and yoga, it, started to really show me square in the face the areas of my world that I was forever trying to escape and sugarcoat and band-aid with that happy-go-lucky, bubbly personality. I mean, it wasn't a conscious thing, don't get me wrong, but once I realized that, hey, if I'm being true to myself or if I'm being real, I'm actually really sad underneath all this happy I'm really hurting underneath this bubbly. I'm, I've got some stuff that I've been forever trying to escape with people pleasing and drinking till I'm blackout drunk and partying just to be in energies that doesn't let me drop to those areas. So when I started to become, well, when I was on this journey of self-awareness, I was realizing that even, even with yoga, I could not look at my own eyes through the mirrors. Like looking straight at myself was the most confronting thing. I would look down, I would look square and just like, who is this person? I don't know. I'm so disconnected from my own face, from my own, like the person who I am. It was the most really, really uncomfortable space. 
And then time after time, I would look a little more. And then, so this is all through yoga and through Bikram because that's the formalities of what you would do. You'd have to look forward at yourself, nowhere else, not the people next to you. You're looking straight at yourself. And I became more aware of the thought patterns that would play out and just how destructively I would think about myself when I'd look myself back in the eyes. And then I started to cultivate slowly, very slowly, a little more self-compassion. You know, I'd be in the that hot, steamy room, sweating, feeling like I'm about to die. I know that's dramatic, but it was challenging. And I'd be like, get up, go here, don't leave. You know, they'll look at you, God, do better than that. Oh, just rest. Who gives a shit about this and be really resentful to the teacher? And all this would play out in our minds. And if you're in yoga or any sort of practice like that, you'll probably have similar scenarios where you've got a whole minefield of dialogue playing out in your head. And then at the end, when you hit Shavasana, you're like, oh, I got through it. God, that was dramatic, but I got through it. And I started to really become more aware of that concept. I got through it. I got through it. It wasn't that bad. I got through it. Here's me, you know, getting reactive again. I'm just going to allow myself a bit of buffer around that because I know evidence has shown me I have gotten through things. And so it started with yoga and then the same when, when kinesiology came about, it came when I became a yoga teacher. And so I became a yoga teacher because the yoga studio that I was helping at. So I'd help behind the desk. I'd help clean the studio. It was a perfect little gig that I had to be in that community. I was a young mum. I had my daughter when I was 24. I met my husband when I was 22. We were working in the ski fields of Mount Buller in Victoria. He was a snowboard instructor. I had just come back from traveling around the world and living over in London. Again, like a beautiful experience. I was like 19, 20, 21. And it was a good way to firstly get myself out of my own environment, but then also simultaneously, it was all about still escaping, 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 escaping. Things are getting like, oh, again, I'm interfacing with myself again in areas that I don't want. What else can I do to escape myself? Where else can I go? Who else can I meet? What else can I be around? So I learned a lot about independence and different cultures and, and blending with different personality types and really understanding the way other people behave. But that was the key. I understood how other people behaved, but not necessarily about myself. And so I found when I had my daughter, this yoga community, I was one that I was not expecting to be a part of. And then I moved on to become a teacher through encouragement of the staff there and the teachers there and the students there. And me being the people pleaser that I am, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, sure, I'll become that. And it was only until I taught my first couple of classes where I'm like, I can't people please my way out of this when I'm teaching. I can't show up inauthentic people are looking at you to lead and guide them through their practice. They're wanting you to show up in yourself for yourself so they can have the ability to do that. But at that point in my life, I didn't know who I was. I had been spending my whole life avoiding that inter interaction. So it was very confronting for me. And I remember walking out of one class that I taught and in this class I was trying to guide and yeah, teach and I remember the words were getting clumped at the base of my throat and I could feel my body starting to 
panic and have this sort of like panic attack. And I'm like, this, my mind's like, what the F are you doing? It is yoga. Just teach the effing class. So there was so much inner conflict going on. I just came out. I'm like, this isn't for me. This isn't for me. I don't know why I'm doing this. And I remember someone else volunteering at the studio. She was just like, you've got this. It's fine. Like, you know, and you're doing great all the things, but I'm like, why am I finding this so challenging? Why am I finding this like one of the hardest things to do? And it's because I had to be myself. I had to be authentic. I had to know who I was. And at that point in my world, I did not know that. And so kinesiology came in and uh, coincidentally, there happened to be a college, a kinesiology college right by the yoga studio that I taught at. And see, these are so many synchronicities that happened because had this college been on the other side of town, just logistically, I wouldn't have been able to do that because I was at that point, a mum of two young kids, I I was full-time parenting and I just wouldn't be able to manage the needs of my family and to study at that time. There was perception of not being able to manage anyway, but because this college was literally right around the corner from my yoga studio. And I actually did not know that that was there. It was a way that I took home one time that was different. And I was like, holy shit, what? And prior to that, I was hearing kinesiology all on the radio. I was hearing this word and I'm like, it's getting my attention, but I don't know what it is. And then I spot this college after this class that I had a complete nervous breakdown in. And I'm like, all right, I'm seeing the signs really clear, clear as freaking day. I'm going to call this college and they answered and they're like actually we have a open day this weekend and I'm like of course you do another synchronicity of course this weekend you have an open day okay I I hear it I'm coming I'm coming and when I went there and the teachers and the facilitators were there explaining what kinesiology was and the senior students gave us a um, little mini session at the end I'm like holy shit this is what I'm needing. I signed up, I came home and spoke to my husband and I was like, this is something that I need to do and trying to explain what kinesiology was and especially to my beautiful ex-husband who isn't this way inclined but supportive of me doing what makes me happy. He was like, all right, okay. And I'm like, trust me, this will be so, so great. And he was already sort of warmed through my (laughs) alternative ways of approaching well, just more unconventional, I would say, ways of approaching life through yoga. Granted that that was not necessarily the, the person that I was when we met. Yeah. Regardless, he was on board and supportive and this was what I endeavored to, to learn. And the beauty about these types of careers is, and I, and I think more and more now these days is as you're embarking on this line of work, you are simultaneously clearing the junk of your own. I started to learn why I felt so challenged in speaking in front of people because my life for most of it growing up, you know, being the youngest of two kids and two parents and we all have strong personalities and it can be very emotionally driven, you know, confrontation was a frequent thing because it was a very stress-driven, dysfunctional, disconnected family. And we all just had needs that weren't being met. We all just wanted to be loved and connect. But my beautiful parents, they, they had their own, you know, tales of how that just wasn't 
available in their own homes. Like my dad was the eldest of 11 kids in a home of alcoholism and low poverty and he wanted something different from us and actually moved us completely away from the family. And then he went back to high school when he was 30 because he left school when he was 15, working these grueling jobs. He was in the Air Force and then first he was a boxer, worked in the Air Force and worked in these mind sites that people were dying on the daily. And that was the work that he believed that he knew how to do. But then when he saw the opportunity to provide more safety for these people that were dying in these sites by bringing Western, you know, state of the art at the time and and still to this day, safety equipment and maintenance. So they're working with equipment that is safe. He's like, I have to, like, that's, that is a mission now. I have to do that. So we went back to high school. He went to uni, was studying double degree. Uh, he was studying full time. He was working as a taxi driver at night. He was driven. He's like, I can see this. I need to do this now. I can't unsee this. And I was so, I'm more as I get older, I'm so inspired by how he led and just had that focus and that determination and that resilience to keep going. At the time though, when you didn't know any better as a kid, just dad was just never home. Dad was not around. He was distracted and, and did his best. He did his best, but he was like, I need to make this work for my family. Otherwise we're going to be repeating the same patterns as what he had growing up. And then my mom, you know, she's a Filipino lady in Australia and she was working as a nurse and, you know, trying to raise us kids on her own essentially. And it was hard. It was hard because she th- there was cultural differences, personality differences. Her needs weren't being met by her husband, the stresses of finances, so many things I understand now. But at the time, I'm like, I want to be anywhere but my own home. And that was where the escapism started. And so to be seen and to talk in front of this yoga class, it made complete sense to me once I revealed or once that information started to be surfaced out of my subconscious through kinesiology. And it just kept providing more insights as to why I was the way I was, why I saw life the way I saw life, why I limited myself in the ways that I limited myself, why I excelled in the ways that I excelled too. It provided such uh, conscious awareness to what was driving and what was being driven by my subconscious. And so when you go down this line of self-inquiry, I understand that this is not everybody's favorite cocktail. (laughs) This is not everyone's cup of tea. No one often puts their hand up. I mean, the people that I hang around we we kind of do now, but I understand, hey, let's talk about our wounds and our traumas and what made us what made us us from our childhood. Isn't everyone's favorite conversation? They're just like, <laughs> can't we just keep it surface? Can't we just keep it easy? Can't we just keep it like, I don't want to talk about that stuff because I'm uncomfortable. I love this shit. I love talking about it because I love understanding people. I always have because I, it was a, a way of me not understanding myself. <laughs> or maybe a way for me to understand myself, maybe a mix mix of both. And my husband was not this way inclined. He is the most loving, the most supportive person. But the emotional connection that I was becoming more aware that I needed, not just from him, but from myself, like we were drifting. We were drifting apart. And I was going in this direction and, 
you know, he was going in his direction and so he should, so we should, both should. However, this just wasn't his thing. He was supportive of me and gosh, but don't get me wrong, he tried to meet me where I needed, uh, what I was hoping him to meet me. But there came a point where it's just like he's feeling like he's failing and that's absolutely not what I wanted him to feel because I could see the beauty within him. But simultaneously, I'm like, I'm feeling like there's needs that I'm allowing not to be met because we're wanting to hold this together and we're wanting to do it for our kids. And And I am understanding more and more that the personality I am, like I want to try and to commit more deeply into things. And this is a work in progress for me for sure. So I'm not saying by any means that I'm perfect. At that time, though, I knew that he deserves to be freed from thinking that he's not being able to provide what he knows I deeply need. And I know that he doesn't need to feel that I am not appreciative of the person that he is or that I he's the most incredible dad. And this was happening simultaneously to when my dad was also passing away. So my dad was diagnosed with mesothelioma. So that's the type of cancer that is created, I guess is that the right term? I'm not sure. Is That's the type of cancer that is contracted from asbestos. And working when he was working on these sites way back when he was like 15, 17, it was just asbestos was everywhere, everywhere in the in the homes that you build. And so he'd be picking it up and throwing it at people and, and you know, they were breathing it in and it lay dormant in his lungs until it started to surface. And again, with this line of work, I'm like, I'm not surprised in a way that he, that it started to really progress later and later. I'm sure that there's so many people that have been in and around asbestos that hasn't contracted mesothelioma. But in my line of work and in my humble opinion, because my dad wasn't uh, emotionally available and he had his own woundings from his family and all the things that he saw growing up and, and was around but didn't deal, he didn't deal. He just persevered with uh, getting us out of that poverty. His drive was like different life, different life, different life, different life. His different life was provide, provide, and far out I'm so grateful Um and just he disregarded his own needs to heal. And so it was like a, a beautiful space for this cancer to grow in. And so this was my king. This was my dad. I could He could be anywhere in the world and I he would answer my call and I would feel his emotional support for me. Like I, I think that was our, our bond where I could just offload everything that I felt and he. I think it was almost like he appreciated the ability of someone being able to express their emotions because I think he found that hard for himself. And so he really loved that I was able to do that with him and just say things so candidly and so unfiltered and he loved that. So I had a really close relationship with my dad and to see him deteriorate, I felt like the little girl in me was, it just was painful seeing the guy that I felt was my bricks and my, you know, the structure around me. Like I felt like when he died, this, my house tumbled down. I was like the three little, little pigs in my home was just blown down. I'm getting emotional about it. And so that was the time where I'm like, my life is just completely flipped. 
And this is the time, like, I, I don't know, up and down, right to left at this point. And we were all in a deep level of grief that this, this is when we decided to split too. It's just like, let's, what are we doing? Life is so short. Like life doesn't need to be like how everyone else does it. We don't need to have it look like the way that the rest of the people that we were hanging around does it. And we had never been conventional. We were working on snowfields, back-to-back seasons, traveling. Uh, we had ki- kids a bit older. So it's just like, why are we trying to fit into this formation now? And I felt that in my heart. I'm just like, oh, this is the way. Like, I, and and you know, I believe my ex-husband feels felt that also. And kinesiology would hear me feel like I would be on the table crying through grief and this confusion in my head. And kinesiology, it was like it would just provide so much clarity and ease within my body. It would take that stress unpack it all the way down into the subconscious and sometimes it wasn't always verbal that we needed to express it was just the techniques that was lifting it up and I was in a complete state of surrender that I'm like I can't fight or resist this please just take it out or just tell me what I need to do or just allow it to be released and so this was my savior it would go beyond my conscious constraints and into my subconscious and start to surface up and then release surface up and then release surface up and then release it released the emotions of guilt of like how are we going to do this with our kids and it changed it to they're going to see us own our own like integrity and still lead with love like we can write the script of our own lives to be the family dynamic that they deserve to have and then we deserve to be within ourselves. You know, once we weren't needing to be that for each other, I could see him as the beautiful soul that he was and then vice versa and we are still the most supportive family dynamic to this day. We have got like a family chat and we're so close in friendship and support and respect for each other. And it's just like the kids deserve to see that than the iciness or the lack of communication or the hostility. Like, yes, like that's, they're seasons of life and I get it. Like we can't shelter our kids from not experiencing that because that's not real too. But it's also just showing that, hey, we're leading with love and we're doing it our way. And if that's going to be our baseline, it might look different from other people, but we know that this is right for us. Leading in this way is right for us. And so it also helped alleviate the grief with my dad where I need to now step in and I'm learning from that day. I've been stepping into my empowerment more and more. Like I don't need to be that little girl with her dad supporting her emotionally or just in, in that energetic realm. It's just like, all right, now you can be embodied in your own strength from what he's taking you, uh, t- provided for you and given you on so many different areas that takes out the regret, it aligns me more into the self-worth. And so every time I got off that kinesiology table, I'm like, I'm more connected to the innate space of who I am. I'm more connected to me that it may not make, make sense to anybody else in terms of anyone outside of this space and sphere, but it makes sense to us. And we could communicate from that space of care and love, not from a space of reaction and fear. And so it piggybacked, kinesiology piggybacked on the frequency of stress and deactivated it from its core so I could connect back to that state of love and peace. And that is what I was, we were articulating from and, you know, cultivating from. When one person can hold that space, the rest can 
put their armor down and be like, all right, I get it. I get it. I get it. And we are now, I'm so proud of us. I'm so proud of the dynamic that we have. I'm so proud of just canceling out the noise and just hearing what was right for us. And from those significant, life-changing, painstaking moments of my world to date, my marriage separation and the loss of my dad, kinesiology was the cornerstone of healing the stress and the pain and the suffering for that of that for, for me. I owe kinesiology everything to move me through that and to be able to land in a space of I can see us and own who we are more with without any reactions or regret or fear. I'm like, this is us and this is the way that we are. This is what works for us. And we're okay with, we're, we're more than okay with that. And just the same with my dad. I'm like, I am so more landed in a space of that. This is the circle of life. Loss is hard. Grief is freaking real, but it's processing it and honoring it, validating, valuing and letting it come up and out. So it's not buried because it was too acutely painful. It's like moving through that pain in a lifetime to be able to come through to the other side so we can neutralize that. And it can just land us in a space of what we had was profound. My dad and the wisdom that he gave me and the strength, the wisdom and the wounds, I I am appreciative of it all and I'm going to take what's going to serve me and move it forward through my journey. Kinesiology, I owe everything to. So that is how it's helped me. I hope this episode has provided you a relatability and connection and know that whatever that you're transitioning through in life, I know it can be so uncomfortable and so painful and it can provide so many thoughts and and fears of, am I going to get through or what's it going to look like and be like? But when we use that fear in a lifetime and get to the root sources of it to harmonize it, the clarity comes, the confidence comes, the contentment comes, the centeredness comes, and more importantly, the self-worth is completely connected of just like, you know what, I deserve to be happy. I deserve all the great things in life. So thank you for listening. If you're interested in exploring kinesiology, hit my website, shellmarie.com. I have got a consult and session special limited time offer available. So that'll all be there. DM me with how you found this episode. I look forward to chatting and I'll see you next week. 